how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am good. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to have you here with me. No problem. So we are going to go ahead and dive right on in. So welcome everyone to the More Than a Mother podcast. I am your host, Lamont Moses, and I am back with you again for a Another great episode. Joining me in the guest chair tonight is Sasha Nicole, who is going to be here to talk all about building your confidence, getting your courage up, and really just becoming the best person that you can be and healing and honing yourself as a mom, as a woman, all of that. But before we get into those great things, Sasha, if you could just go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience. Yeah, absolutely. So again, thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. So I am Sasha Nicole, and I like to basically consider myself as someone who really helps moms to encourage them to be unstuck, to live well, to heal, to just be mindful of the journey that they're going through and overcoming. Uh, I also have a nonprofit that's dedicated to moms of color who've experienced postpartum depression. That's something that I'm very passionate about. Uh, and so just overall, just trying to hold a lot of moms accountable in their healing journey. And that is specifically my passion and what I work on and do. That is powerful. And so many of us do not take that time to heal. Absolutely. Yes. So we are going to dive into all of that with how you help moms get unstuck and just some tips and all that you can share. But before we get to that part, if you could just kind of walk us through kind of like that transformational moment or moments in your life that kind of put you on the path that you're on today. I will have to say, you know, really having my daughter started that transformational journey. Um, when I first had her, I was not in the healthiest of relationships or just the healthiest place in general of, of just who I was as a person, as a woman. And I think a lot of times, especially, you know, moms in general, we uh, neglect who we are, especially after we have children. And so in having my daughter, it actually highlighted all the things that I needed to work on even further and all the things that I needed to heal from, especially in the reference of how I began to raise her, the things that were triggers, the things that started to come out. You know, for example, being physically abused as a child definitely played a part in corporal punishment and how I disciplined my daughter and a lot of these things started to, to to come out in a lot of a variety of different ways and it just really started the process and the journey for me and being better being a better mom being a better person yeah and I can imagine how something like that will trigger those things from our childhood because often when we start to have our own kids we kind of start to think about the things we went through as a child and then we see those behaviors kind of start to cross over and now it's to this point where it's like that self-check like self-awareness like wait I don't want to do this I don't want to repeat this pattern so let me figure out how I can start to heal absolutely and let me figure out how can I do things differently than what I previously experienced and what is that going to look like right so when you were kind of going through this and you were ready to take those first steps. I know a lot of times the first step can be scary for people because like you said, you have to deal with your past. And a lot of people don't want to deal with the past because it may be painful. Like you said, it's triggering and all of that. What were some things that you found that you were able to do or some first steps that you took in this healing journey? One of the first things that I did was actually acknowledging what 
took place, like what had happened, where I was, who I was. I think a lot of times we neglect taking accountability uh, for the places that we are in life, whether that is from our own doing or not. Uh, but we don't accept or embrace like this is this is what has transpired. This is where I am. This is what is and, and what is is what exists. And how do I overcome where I'm currently am? And so I definitely had to first start with the approach of being of just taking accountability for my choices. I had to also acknowledge where I was, acknowledge how I was feeling, acknowledge the, the healing that I needed and, and not run from that. I think a lot of times, like as you mentioned, you know, a lot, uh, we, we don't, it's too painful. We don't want to acknowledge the truth of maybe what is going on in our life currently or what has taken place in our life previously. But you really, and, and it, it's not to sound cliche, kind of like how they say, and like if you have an addiction problem, like you can't actually get past the problem until you acknowledge that there is a problem. So you acknowledge that you are in pain that you are, you know, hurting from whatever it is that may have happened and that life isn't getting better by you putting a Band-Aid over it. And that was something that I definitely used to do a lot is that I used to kind of pretend that certain things didn't happen and keep moving through life without actually addressing what had taken place. Yeah, that accountability piece and that admitting piece is huge in all of it because you kind of have to face yourself. That's what I like to say. You have to look yourself in the mirror and confront those quote-unquote demons of your past if you really want to start to move forward and that is painful for so many people that they don't even want to try and touch it and I can relate to as you kind of put the band-aid on you just kind of keep moving you put the band-aid on you keep moving things happen in life and that's what we do because we feel like we have to just keep moving keep moving but I'm sure you can speak to this that even as you put that band-aid on and then you keep moving eventually it always catches up with you always always I had a girlfriend of mine say you have to stop going through fires acting like you didn't get burned and you know that was definitely a specialty for me like I would just keep going keep going and pretending that you know it just didn't exist and like you said it it will catch up to you I don't care what you put over it I don't care what you do to occupy yourself or keep busy but until the moment comes that you have self-reflection that you sit in how you feel it and you'll hear that oftentimes in therapy well they'll say you'll have to sit in in your feelings right and, and we're like but why do I I don't want to sit in that I don't want but but you have to feel you know, exactly what it is that that's going on, know exactly what it is, how you actually feel about something. Because if you don't, then you, you oftentimes will pretend that it's not there or you'll try to make up different feelings than what actually exists. And therefore, you're not able to heal through them or acknowledge them until you're able to do that. That is so true, especially with that sitting part. And as we said, we like to just keep moving and keep moving. But once you sit down and allow yourself to feel those feelings, I feel like so many people need permission to just say, it's okay for you to feel a certain way. You don't have to be, you're not going to be okay all the time. Even if you go through the healing journey and you put the steps to heal and you're out here living your best life, everybody still doesn't have great days all the time. And I know that I tell people a lot, it's okay to stop and feel the feels. Just allow yourself to feel them. Right. Absolutely. Now, I know that you uh, touched when we were first talking, you were saying how you had a nonprofit for uh, women that experience postpartum depression. And I believe that you do, like you do work with that from your own experience. So can you just talk to us a little bit about just postpartum depression and how you're out here helping women through that? 
Yeah, so postpartum depression, uh, so typically what happens after you have a child, some women, a lot of women may experience what's called the baby blues. And that usually only lasts about two or three weeks. You may just feel a little bit down. You may, you're not necessarily sure. Some of your emotions may be all over the place. Uh, but it doesn't, it, it doesn't usually extend beyond the two to three week period. You start to feel like yourself again. As it prolongs, it turns into the postpartum depression phase and it has different levels of it. And so in experiencing postpartum depression, you can feel guilt, you can feel anxiety, you can feel um, uh, there's postpartum PTSD, uh, OCD. I mean, there's so many different various levels. And then you have the worst experience, which is psycho postpartum psychosis, in which at this point you um, tend to act out on the thoughts that you're having. And so for me, I actually, I had really severe depression. I had thoughts of harming my child. Um, I did not get to the place where I acted out on those thoughts, but they were very severe in my mind in terms of feeling and wanting to do those things. Um, I did not have an explanation. It wasn't something where you could point your finger on and, and know why. I was, it was um, inconsolable. I wasn't able to control my emotions. So these were some of the things that will happen a lot of times when women are experiencing postpartum depression. And then going through that experience, I didn't have anyone that looked like me. So I, I had never seen a Black woman speak to postpartum depression or saying that they had thoughts of harming their child. I had never seen that in a magazine, on TV, anything like that, or even knew that what I was experiencing was actually that. Because I also was afraid to even share those feelings, to even say to my doctor, let alone to her doctor, that, hey, I'm having these, these thoughts of, of, of harm towards my, towards my child, or I'm, I'm not understanding why I don't want her to touch me, why I you know, don't feel this connection. So again, like these are all instances of, of what that can look like. Uh, and just being afraid of like, well, what if they call social services? What if they think I'm a bad person or a bad mom? So I mean, you go through a, a range of emotions. Uh, and, and so in going through that experience and not knowing like, who to turn to, who to talk to, not having someone to talk to, it prompted me to start my organization, Part of Evolution, in which I specifically wanted to target women of color who were experiencing postpartum depression so that they could have a voice, so that they could have a safe space where they could talk to other women who look like them, where they could have a form of relatability and community uh, and, and not feel alone the way that I felt alone in going through that experience. And so through that, pro through that organization, we've developed a variety of different programming to help moms in terms of providing resources and information to help try to bridge the gap with low income in terms of getting a doula or a midwife and having different services that otherwise most women, especially when I had my daughter, didn't even know what a doula was at that time. So there's a variety of just different programming that we're working on and doing to try to connect different women in communities to, to have these resources, have the information, but more than anything, have a, a place of, of just community in general so that they can, you know, have a safe space to talk about the experiences that they're having and not feel afraid to do so. That's very empowering. And thank you for sharing your story and sharing all of that. Because as you said, there aren't many, don't see much representation, especially people of color that are out here talking about postpartum depression, depression, mental health, all of that. So the more and more it comes up, the more we bring it to the forefront, that is very empowering. And the reason I went there with the postpartum, because you were talking about you had the postpartum depression you mentioned, and then you're going through your own kind of healing journey when you have your child. It's like, this is a lot for a mom to deal with. Well, we're just, let me just put this out there because nobody really knows, especially first time mom, nobody really knows how you're going to react as a mom. There's right. no instruction. There's no manual for parenting. And as 
you said a lot of those triggers come up and we all have the best intentions like, oh, I'm not going to do X, Y, and Z when I have my child. But then it's so easy to fall into those habits. So we have the postpartum depression that's happening in a lot of people combined with being triggered from past traumas. And then we're all trying to take care of this new person that we have in front of us. And that is just a lot for a mom to have to deal with. Indeed, it definitely, it is a lot to deal with. It was a lot to go through during that time. And again, you know, not feeling like there was a community that I could turn to. Uh, and like you said, like when you're a first time mom, like you don't know what your experience is going to be. You can imagine all the things you want in the world, but you don't know how that delivery is going to turn out. You don't know how you're going to be, you know, once you finally go home, you don't know the magnitude of, of the relationship that you may have with your significant other. I mean, there there's so many components that change throughout that experience. Uh, and and it, it makes for a lot, a lot to deal with, because not only are you now responsible for, you know, helping in, in, in raising this, this life that you brought into the world, but you're still responsible for still trying to, to raise your own life in general, in terms of where you are, who you are, who you're trying to be. And oftentimes, and, and this is what happens when, you know, a lot of moms, when they do have children, where they completely forget about their own life when when that happens and it's only becomes the focus of the new life but when you lose yourself by focusing so much on that new life you definitely you know the the process of who you become it definitely it halts you see so many uh oftentimes moms who who want to live vicariously through their children because they never continued on with the dreams and the goals that they have um due to a variety of circumstances but that's definitely something that i talk about a lot and, and not forgetting you know who you are like in in and as you so much as your show is called more than a mother, like you're so much more than just being a mom, you know, there, you're still an individual at the end of the day. And you still have these experiences that you have to work through, heal from and get through uh, beyond the, the new life that, that you have. So. Yeah. And as you said, it's so easy to lose your identity because that role really is very time consuming yes. and it takes a lot, especially the first time that you may have more or whatever it is. You're just adapting and adjusting to a lot that it is so easy to become lost. But I mean, luckily, there are more and more people, more and more resources out here. People like you, people like I that are talking about, OK, we're more than mothers. You can raise your children and on pursue your dreams and goals your identity is not motherhood that is just part of who you are so I think that is something that is very encouraging that I am seeing these days that more and more moms are stepping up and showing how we're able to live our dreams while being great moms at the same time yes for sure now I know that so he, we know healing is not linear healing takes time but as we work through the healing part we move along this journey in these stages of motherhood you come in and you're at this part where in the healing journey, but then you also are helping moms to become who are stuck and stagnant to kind of start to feel more confident and feel courageous. So what are some ways that someone that is perhaps listening, that is feeling stuck, they're feeling stagnant, what are some steps that they can take, like some first steps that they can take to start moving towards rediscovering their identity and becoming more confident and courageous? Yeah, so some some examples of that would be, you know, so from an emotional, so I'll start with a few components from an emotional standpoint, if you're just, you know, you don't have any type of physical things going on, you just emotionally feel stuck, you emotionally feel stagnant, it, a lot of that begins with with identifying 
who you actually are what brings you joy what what are your values what what is something that you know you like to do that you that you you know don't want to be without that looks beyond your household that looks beyond being a mother you know so that means that you know if you're having a conversation and i'm asking you so what brings you joy and the only thing that maybe you can say is well you know my kids right that's a beautiful answer right but there has to be something deeper and there has to be something that that goes beyond just just your children because then your children grow up. They they go on with their life and then you're stuck now at a much older age trying to figure out what that add value looks like. And so it's going to be a beginning process of figuring out what excites you? What do you love? Who are you? And, 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 and starting to figure those things out through writing, starting to figure those things out through therapy, starting to figure those things out through maybe having like a coaching experience where you're taking accountability or you're unveiling some of the pieces that have transpired within your life of, of you know, um, maybe how you're feeling or where you are or why you're feeling that way. Because our emotions are triggers to tell us things about ourselves. Like they, there are usually a lot of answers involved in the way that we feel about things, their information, their tools to tell us, well, if we have this emotion about something, what is it trying to tell us? What is the information that's trying to be shared with our body, with our mind? So it's first, you know, unpacking and, and discovering, you know, who you are, unpacking the, the previous history or where you currently are, but then discovering where you want to go and what that looks like. From a physical component, there's, so for me, I battled morbid obesity most of my life. I overcame that. So there was a physical, uh, a physical situation in having to deal with where that a lot of moms are, where they're dealing with these physical ailments or physical situations of who, how they view their body, how they view themselves. So then now we're starting to think about, well, how do I change the relationship that I have with my body, that I have with the way that I view myself? How do I build on maybe the esteem that I lost or the, or, you know, just in general, the self-worth or value that I may no longer have and or that I need to build upon but these are some of the things that like I like to focus on talk about and and put emphasis on because it wasn't until again addressing like I had a I, I, I've had a real I have a real food addiction right which led to me being morbidly obese most of my life uh, and so having to acknowledge that I have an addiction this is something that I'm struggling with this is something that I've dealt with. This is something that I've also internalized and, and also made a variety of different choices and actions based off of, off of this experience. How do I begin to start changing my relationship with myself? How do I begin to start changing my relationship with food? How do I begin to start changing my relationship on just in general of the choices that I'm making? Because oftentimes during that phase in my life, I'm making choices based, of on, based upon how I feel about myself or based upon what I've been told that I could or couldn't do rather than believing in, in, in the reality of, of what I can do, who I really, how do I, again, how do I change this, this relationship that I have with, the, with these, these things and, and still enjoy what I still love food, but I've had to change my relationship with food. And so it's the same way in terms of all the things that we look about ourselves, you know, as I mentioned, the esteem, the value, the worth, the what do I enjoy? What do I like to do? What brings me joy? You know, what are things beyond, you know, the normal stuff of, of like, you know, I say I love going to the movies by myself. I absolutely love doing that. That's something that just makes me happy. I have that time alone. I enjoy the experience, just 
finding little things that will ground you and that will bring you a sense of happiness that has nothing to do with someone else. And that is hard. Like, can you spend time alone? You know, all of these things are things that, you know, I, I, I discuss and, and go over with, 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 with women, specifically moms, and of trying to figure that out and trying to move beyond, you know, where maybe you've lost yourself at along the way. Yes, and you touched on some very important things there. And I think especially those questions of asking, like, what do I like? What do you like to do? What things bring you joy? It's amazing how many, how many moms get stumbled up by those questions because everything's wrapped up in the kids. And when someone steps back to ask you, no, what do you like? What do you enjoy? It really <laughs> kind of can challenge a lot of people to like, hey, well, what do I like? What do I enjoy? I don't know. And then that part can be scary in itself. And as you said, it involved your circumstances involved a lot of change and change is difficult, period. But change is difficult for a lot of people. And a lot of people don't like change. They kind of sit in that comfort zone and just kind of accept those things that come, but they're miserable the whole time. Right, right. Yeah. And it's just amazing how and I always tell people, yes, change is scary. Change is hard, but it's so worth it. And I think that's the part that we have to realize is that as that anything worth having is fighting. Anything worth having, you have to fight for. That's what people say. But it's that thing. You have to be able to get uncomfortable for a while. If you want to get to that part of feeling fulfilled, feeling the joy, feeling your purpose, then you have to be willing to go through kind of those hard times a lot of it is unlearning and relearning which a lot of us have difficulty do and just the whole change aspect as a whole and you have to challenge yourself as to what it is that you're afraid of with that change right so you know it, it like and I always say I would I would challenge someone to ask themselves like what is it about the change that makes me uncomfortable? What is it about the change that makes me afraid? Because again, like that's, that's if you're, if you're so uncomfortable, this, this is information that's being shared with your body. There's something that is making you uncomfortable. There's something that is making you un afraid. And when you look deeper within that and challenge yourself to discover why that is, you start to really, this is when you start to make the progress of, okay, well, I'm afraid to make this change because I mean, the easiest thing to think of off the top of my head, love a relationship, right? If you're in an unhealthy relationship, oftentimes people are afraid to make changes in relationships because what? They don't want to be alone. They don't want to start over. You know, there's so many different things and, and, and components that come with that. And so when you challenge yourself to evaluate, you know, why you don't want to make certain decisions that may be the best for you, then you start to uncover the things that you can work through to try to actually make that change or embrace that change or be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yes, yes, that is good. Now, I know that you are also a mental health advocate. You do a whole lot. I know that you're also a mental health advocate. And as we know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and we're wrapping up the end of May. So I'd be remiss if I did not touch on this topic because mental health plays such an important role in everyone's life and even the life of moms. We all have some type of, everyone may not have like mental health disorders or things like that, but everyone really needs to take care of their mental health and have practices that will help them with their mental health. So as a mental health advocate, you're in the wellness industry, what are some tips that you could give someone that may be struggling to just take care of their mental wellness as a whole? 
I definitely would encourage you to just find a few things that you can take the time out to do. So for example, some, some of the things that I try to do on a regular basis in the morning, listening to motivational videos, they have some, they don't have to be long. It could be five minutes, it could be 10 minutes, whatever you have time for. Uh, a lot of people are very, you know, they're not necessarily for affirmations, but for me, affirmations are something that definitely encourages me by repeating and saying the things that I am or that I want to be. So something um, you could, like if you said every day, I'm powerful, I'm prosperous, I'm confident, I'm brilliant, right? And repeating those type of things over and over to yourself until you start to believe them. So saying all the things that maybe you don't believe, but that you want to believe. Uh, doing things like writing, a lot of people, you'll, you'll hear writing. Writing is very, uh, something that can be very therapeutic. I know for me, sometimes I may not necessarily like to write, but I'll like to read. And so if I take uh, a book or that I'm interested in, even if I don't have time to, maybe I'm driving and I can't necessarily read it, but I can do like a, from an audio perspective, doing it from that way. Uh, so there are a variety of different things to honing in on um, those things, again, those things that you love and those things that make you, that make you feel good in a healthy way. So when I mentioned, like, I love going to the movies by myself, doing different things that, you know, brings that sense of peace and that sense of joy, you know, taking the time to meditate. Uh, these are just all variety of like, just little things that you can do um, some things that don't cost any money. Uh, I go to the chiropractor and I get chiropractic care. I know that seems like odd, but but doing acupuncture, chiropractic care, different forms of actual physical wellness definitely helps from a mental wellness perspective. These things can be covered by insurance. So these are all just like different tools that you can use to just incorporate from just a whole perspective of not just your mind, but your body in general, which all neurologically are connected. Yes, and I love how you connect everything together. And as you said, it's all about that peace, that joy, finding those things that are going to bring you that and being able to spend some time with yourself. So a lot of people don't like sitting with themselves, but I believe through that healing and honing in on your power, that's where you get to that point where you're able to kind of start to be okay with being by yourself and finding that peace and finding that joy. Now, I know we talked a a lot about all the things that you do. We talked about part of evolution. Now, if you could tell us, we I'm sure we touched on a lot of things that fall under this, but tell us more about Fearless Influence. Yes, so Fearless Influence was started about a year ago. It was, you know, I had the nonprofit in terms of focusing with women of color and postpartum depression, but I always just still being in the wellness industry, still being passionate and advocate in terms of mental, uh, mental health. Um, and I wanted to do something that would really just focus on just overall, uh, just wellness in general. And so fearless influence came about like just trying to live more authentically, trying to be more fearless in the things that uh, I desired and wanted for my life. And then also hearing how my story of, you know, various experiences had really helped impact and just um, inspire other people. And so I thought what would be a great way to just continue to make an impact and hopefully allow others the, the opportunity to just continue to inspire each other and build, again, like a community of, of safe space to really um, share experiences and, and stories and, and power of overcoming, the power of living authentically in your truth and, and being fearless. And so that was where that came from. And the overall mission is to genuinely put out content that will inspire and help others to just be to be well, to want to mentally be well, to want to live authentically, to want to heal within their life. And so it is a blog. There's various blog pieces that I do on a regular basis. Um, there's various uplifting content that I'll talk about and that I push out. 
um, as well as like uh, I have an ebook, and then on top of those, some courses that I'm finalizing that'll be coming out where I specifically go into detail in terms of like past trauma, healing from past trauma, where I also speak about building a business and what that looks like because full time I do have a full time job, and so I do contracts for a living. A lot of people don't know that about me, so you know I'm I'm very um, tuned in into what it looks like from you know securing contracts and what a contract's supposed to look like so i go into business perspectives for moms who want to go into business for moms who want to do work with the government and what is and how does that work so these are all things where i just give tidbits about various information on how to achieve the, the the goals that you have and how to overcome some of the obstacles and circumstances that you might be going through and that's the 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 pure intent that came behind fearless influence that's that's amazing and it sounds like a great hub of resources for all those things that you just mentioned and like th there are a lot of people that don't know a lot about contracts so that is great that you are developing that and also showing here you're showing I'm showing because I have a full-time job too so I said I love that you brought that up because I love speaking with moms that have full-time jobs <laughs> with moms but then we're also pursuing our dreams and goals and we're able to set that example of Yes, you don't have to quit your job because I think that that message is out there a lot. There are a lot of people, it's not realistic to quit your job and some people love their job. So I love having the example of, yes, I still have a full-time job. Yes, I am pursuing my dreams and goals and yes, I am a mom. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, it is um, the notion that you know, you can't work a nine to five and still be an entrepreneur, I think is false information. I think that you can very much still work and be an entrepreneur, but I think that entrepreneurship looks very different to different people. Uh, but, you know, if you're not in a position where you don't have to rely on any type of paycheck to come in to supply and do certain things, then it's not best to, to, to leave your, that's not very smart. You know, you definitely have to put yourself in a position. And so for me, I use my nine to five to funnel my dreams, to funnel the things that I want to do. And then at some point, hopefully I get to the point where I can no longer, you know, have to funnel it that way. Then absolutely jump out there, you know, take a leap of faith. But, you know, it, it, it's also, don't be, don't be foolish in that process. You can still, do what you what you love and still be able to maintain you know a decent living because a lot of people what they don't share about entrepreneurship when they don't have any type of job to rely on is they don't share all the pitfalls and, and behind the scenes that go into that the expenses and a lot of times they're not sharing that they're still living at home with mom or dad or grandma they're not sharing that they got seed money from one of their family members or friends or anything like that like they're not telling you like you know where some of these came from or they're not saying how they maxed out all of their credit cards or took out a loan and have nothing like there there is a lot that comes with you know with, with this with with being an entrepreneur so it's not um I, I always encourage people like please don't let anyone make you think that because you're still working a quote-unquote nine-to-five that you're not doing it or that you you're not you can't be an entrepreneur as long as you have like that's not that's not true. And I, and I definitely, you know, would encourage people to ask questions when people say things like that to you as to why that, why that can't be, because I, I'm a 1099 on various contracts. I have my own LLC. I, I have my own IRS certification, like, and I still have a nine to five. Like, so that's not, it, that's, that's not what the paperwork says. I'll just say that. Yes. I love, and I love that you share all that. And that message really needs to get out there. Because as you said, there are so many people that don't share 
that behind the scenes. It's just, oh, quit your job. You got to quit your job to be an entrepreneur. No, we show every day. Me, you, and other moms that are out here, we show every day. That doesn't have to be your, that can be your end goal, but it doesn't have to be right now. As you said, eventually I'm with you. I get to the point where, hey, maybe I can walk away from my job, but also I'm perfectly okay with working my job and doing what I'm doing. We just see where it goes. But I love that you shared all of that and really debunking that myth and that notion that you have to be a quote unquote, you can't work a full-time job to be considered an entrepreneur. No, we do it every day. So yes, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. And be smart about like the full-time job that you, that, that you get. Like I, I uh, taught uh, a course where it was a conference and I taught how do you leverage your nine to five to win in the things that you want to do? Like, it's very, you know, especially like if you're in admin work or you're doing something that involves admin, like there's eight hours in the, in the day that you have for which you're clocking in. I guarantee you 90% of people, no matter if they're doing like some sort of sitting at a desk job, it doesn't require eight hours for you to do whatever it is that you're doing. There is time that you can find that you can leverage what it is that you're doing that you can, you know, definitely, you know, still pursue your passion and still be able to make the time for the other things that that you enjoy or, or whatever it is that you may be working on. So, you know, it, it definitely be strategic in, in your jobs and the things that you're doing or how or what you're working, because there is strategy to that as well. So me being a contracts professional, there's strategy in the way that I'm able to leverage myself individually on other contracts and be paid as a 1099 on somebody else's contract. So it, it, it all, you know, works together for, for the greater good of what the end goal is. And you can, and you can work it that way and, and still be able to do both. Yes, be very strategic and also recognize, as you said, that it looks different for everyone. Everyone's journey is going to be different. But the point is that you just don't give up on your dreams and goals if you're working, whatever it is that you may be doing. I made a post yesterday that's on my feed where I just give tips okay you want to pursue your dreams as a working mom I tell everybody start with 30 minutes a day I'm sure you can find 30 minutes a day to carve out something everybody we have this thought that it has to be these big amount of time no everyone doesn't have the same 24 hours in a day and I hate people say that we don't have the same 24 hours in a day but if you could start with just 30 minutes then you'd be surprised how those little blocks of time can amount over time so yes I really thank you for sharing that message Sure. So aside from motherhood, what would you say has been the most rewarding part of your life journey so far? Hmm. <laughs> um, you know, honestly, every time that what's rewarding to me is when I get to a new space, a new place of realizing that I'm no longer triggered by the same things that I used to be, where I can really recognize like, the growth and the healing that has taken place. And we can always, and we always, you know, they say like, once you pass a test, you get a new test or you get reminded to make sure that you pass that test. And so when I get in positions where I'm like, you know, I thought, I thought that I was good with this. I thought that I was healed from this and I react the same way. It's so what I'm trying to say, it's my reactions that have really given me the greatest sense of accomplishment of joy is seeing the growth and how I respond to things, how I, you know, change my attitude to things because like motherhood is great. It, you know, it has its great components and it has its terrible components, like where it is not an easy job. And a lot of people, you know, again, they don't talk about the woes of parenting. Like it's some, some lows that come with that too. 
Uh, but me individually being able to be better, being able to be happy, like that is my greatest gift to myself. And, and that is what makes me feel like I'm moving forward in life and I'm accomplishing whatever it was I was put on this earth to do because you know, God forbid something happened, like my, my children are going to live their, their own life and, and vice versa, you know? Uh, and so if I can continue to work on and hone in and focus on the things that I can do to be better, that I can do to, like, if I can live in this world and have peace and have joy, like, and working continuously towards that, like, that is, that's the greatest gift. That's the greatest sense of accomplishment because it's a lot of people, you can be rich, you can have a variety of different things, but if you ain't got no peace, if you ain't happy, like none of that, none of that matters. I've been broke. I've had money. And I, if you're not at a good place within your mind, within your spirit, like none of that is, it, it doesn't matter where you are. And so that is like the great, when you, when you asked me like the size mother, it was that like having peace finding joy, being able to live in this world and, 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 and have some sort of like happiness about myself, like without anyone else's approval or without the reliance on someone else making me feel that way. Yes. And I can attest to that. As you said, all those other things don't really matter. When you find that peace and that joy, that right there is priceless. So I thank you, Sasha Nicole, for joining me tonight. If you could just go ahead and tell the audience where they can connect with you online. Yeah, absolutely. Again, thank you for having me. I'm Sasha Nicole. You can follow me at The Real Sasha Nicole. You can check out my website at fearlessinfluence.com, and that's influence spelled without the I. And if you know any moms who need any type of resources, support, encouragement, you can also uh, go to my nonprofit at partumevolution.org. So those are the three places to find me. And again, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you. Wonderful. And when I post this for the podcast, I'll be sure to include all those links in the show notes. Thank you again for joining me. This was absolutely fabulous. Bye. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye-bye.